0: Hi, Sachin. Hey, Dinkar. Good morning. Morning. So uh, in the last conversation, we kind of looked at uh, generative AI and we had a look at it from perspective of a product manager, how I see it and uh, how some typical use cases may come in. And uh, from the product ideation, the next phase is product development. And I wanted uh, you to uh, tell us some of your thoughts around how generative AI can help in the product development phase of things. So over to you. Sure. Um, and inkar, the story, pretty much
1: segues into that from where you started. Uh, You said there is a research assistant whom you can use to understand about domain, about problem, about potential solution options. It's like brainstorming partner, if you will. Then you can also uh, work with a customer persona and the customer persona is actually uh, you can get some requirements, you can uh, try to figure out some solution options, it's, it's like research assistant to this. And I think that you also talked about an SME for mm-hmm. certain special, specific use cases. So in programming, uh, so when you are moving to reg- uh, uh, the development side of the things or engineering side of the things, story pretty much continues to be very honest. and. Uh, Until this time, I didn't create compartmentalization of my skills. Mm. So if you think about as an engineering person for life, I organically evolved with more skills. I started with a set of skills and I kept adding more skills as I keep growing in the industry. So I learned about a little bit of requirement gathering talking to customers writing formal communication to a level where i can explain some uh difficult messages or uh like when i'm coding i'm actually asking for questions which are deeply business oriented questions which i never needed to think about when i was young or rather i didn't know it was not about knowing so all those uh all those steps if you think about it there are these few personas which evolved within within me as a skill. And then one of that is of a typical programmer who actually is nothing but has a set of instructions and can translate that into implementation, encoding in basically. You get set of instructions, you code. And then there is this one other persona who is a proxy business analyst, if you will, whose mm-hmm. job is to basically become the mental bridge between the problem statement and the solution Here, i am only focused on business requirement i am only focused on business problem i am only focused on the uh creating a solution
0: using my engineering capabilities to solve that problem and there so is this uh, yeah. is this analogous to epic writing phase in agile development or is it, it's a stage? Few stages before that.
1: I think the 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 uh, so let's let's talk about it. I have a visual for this, so let's talk about sure. it. Right. So if you think about what are the potential automation levels of uh, software development activities, and here um, you can use automation and augmentation. But the reason why I used the uh, word automation rather than augmentation is basically it is pretty much about this is something which i can offload and i am using it from that sense but the fact that there is some work which is come accompanied by ai and some work which i have to do it is an augmentation mm-hmm. so if you think about it i you will write your epics here in this second phase in the analysis phase in requirements phase is what you were talking about uh, the research assistant a customer persona and all that stuff mm-hmm. but if you think about development in there are like many places where it's a bridge between analysis and development mm-hmm. you never write only code uh, between analysis and development there is also a programmer does analysis on their own and to understand okay what is this epic uh, what is mean what does mean by that and how do i actually uh, implement this. So there is that uh, implementation analysis phase, which is somewhere hidden in development phase itself, and that is where I have to, as a programmer, understand why business needs to do this. What are the constraints they are trying to talk about? How do I translate that into my code? What is the impact of that onto my implementation and all that stuff? Right. So. In development as well, there are three personas. One is actual coder. Second is basically business analyst who is trying to understand the domain, the business and all of those constraints. And the third one is basically sort of architect. And that architect, uh, uh, for lack of better word, is Hmm. basically rest of the things of engineering which are not about that implementation, but about a whole system. It's a system view thinking. Example would be is knowing about how this particular piece, which I am developing goes and fits into the larger ecosystem. What are the security implications? What are the compliance implications? Um, what are the performance implications? How am I going to deploy this? Uh, is it going to solve my constraints, which business has asked for? And all that stuff. And these are rarely written on a card that you need to do this. Sometimes it is just implicitly understanding, or sometimes by working with a system for so long. I developed this understanding because uh, we faced an issue six months ago, and that created certain uh, changing programming patterns, and we started deploying differently and whatnot. So, if you think about these three personas, generative AI has potential to address. or be helped in all three and more. Interesting. The impact though is misjudged today as there is the role of the programmer gets diminished by this. If you think about even this programming, like the coder. So if you think about these three coders are actually, the coder, the analyst and the system architect, if you think about these three, the coder's automation goes to let's say 90% by using Copilot or something like that. It does not preclude the other two roles to get obsolete. In fact, the mm-hmm. importance, if, if you think about it, if earlier I used to hypothetically spend 30, 30, 30% time across these three roles. Now, since the programmers role is highly augmented and let's say 80% or 90% of that goes away. Best case scenario, right? It is never 100. Best case scenario is 80, 90%. That means the other two rules actually get more attention. Hmm. And that is where I start feeling is the skills which are system architect skills or the skills which are of business analysis skills, which are intersecting with the programmer, become highly popular, like highly important. They they have to be put in perspective now, so that I start focusing on the business aspect far more, or I start uh, focusing on the system aspect far more.
0: So as a developer, you are spending less time coding, if I may say that use that word. Yes. And you're spending more time thinking, does the code um, reflect the outcome? Does it Does it reflect the complexity of the business use case? Does it cover as many? So you're now doing more critical and analytical thinking and and whatever is coming out of that thinking, you have more time to spend on those rather than the initial code that uh, needs to be generated. Have I understood it correctly?
1: Yes. Uh, I can give you an example which will ease out people. Is Mm -hmm. uh, when I started developing Ruby on Rails applications in 2009. um, Before that, I used to do struts, Mm -hmm. and there was no code generator or project generator at that time, uh, which was very common. So, what you will do is you will start code, migrate it in directory, create a a source folder, create a test folder. There was like a, like, um, the manual somebody,
0: steps of yes, somebody
1: taught me to do this right, yeah. and you go to different companies, different teams, and they will have slight variations of the structure. Yeah, but in Rails, it was like Rails new, and then you give your app name, and suddenly 20 files exist with a yeah. project structure and everything. And it was like, Man, if it is happening, then
0: all these like uh all the time, time go, I spent creating directories yeah. structures, and it Such used an to I, be like, uh, I, I got an example from someone few uh, a, a day or so ago. And uh, what that person was saying that, uh, you know, um, if you had to change, uh, let's say, name of a function, right, um, uh, then you'll have to manually go to many places, do find, replace, all those kind of things. And modern uh, IDs, right, you change it one place, you know, uh, the whole interface name changes uh, everywhere. So in, in some way, uh, you know, th- th- uh, those who are feeling reluctant to pick up generative AI tools like Copilot, thinking that uh, the purity uh, of uh, coding is going away, if they are using smart IEs, they have already gone on that path and they shouldn't feel hesitant to go... You know a few miles ahead given the acceleration it brings it uh, is, is that uh, is that the right uh, thought process the answer
1: is the answer is uh, uh, no that is not how it is
0: uh-huh. um,
1: but I'll tell you why I'm saying that I have seen the both sides so when I started programming in Java it uh, I started using an ID called IntelliJ idea and at that mm-hmm. time, it supported refactoring what you are talking about, mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. the name of the class, changing the name of the method, or extracting a method out of some piece into different function, yeah. all these uh, like refactorings were natively supported in the ID. Yeah. So I was super used to all these functionality. The trouble started is when we said, okay, I'm going to Rails and at that time, Ruby on Rails did not have RubyMine, which was JetBrains ID, but what we moved to is more like uh, basic IDs, like TextMate, Vim, or yeah. even um, later on Sublime Text. Uh, now, VS Code replaced everything. That's a completely different story. But what we used to do is, we used to like search for a method name and replace it everywhere. Hmm. Like simple text search replace. And at that time we went through this commercial. So one of the negative points of Ruby, we used to talk about, you know what, how are you going to do method re- uh, renaming, refactoring? Because mm-hmm. now uh, something might be left out. And the debate used to happen is, but you need to write a lot of test cases so that there is nothing which is missing. Mm-hmm. And we said, no man, I don't know, man. Like there will be so many bugs and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I coded uh, for 12 years in Ruby after that, even mm-hmm. I still do. You know what, I have never tripped onto a bug, which was introduced by wrong method named refactory. Mm-hmm. The, the fact is that you have all these fears, and I had these fears, I was in the camp in the beginning, and I was reluctant. What I realized is, is because I am so married to my ways of working today, that I'm reluctant to, and only thing what I see is that I am doing this 20 things. These out of these 26 are not possible in this new way. Mm. And my focus goes on to those six. Those six. Yeah. And I keep talking about, but Dinkar, you know what? Earlier you used to give me this like nicely uh, redlined uh, PDF, which had all the UI. And now you are telling me you will not give me that. So I have to develop a UI on that. Yeah. yeah. Just doesn't make sense. Dinkar. Mm. And that is what we focus on. Whereas you are saying, you know what? the program managers are also evolved you know what i instead of giving you perfectly red line what if i give you a prototype html itself yeah which i have been working on and developing click throughs to get customer feedback
0: yeah what if
1: that happened then dinkar you will write very bad code and my my natural responses would, you write so bad code it is not scalable i have to right. rewrite it it's anyway. not maintainable <laughs> it is not maintainable dinkar and you know that you are not trained to be c++ developer sorry yeah. uh, css developer and all that stuff these are the challenges of mind like we yeah. holding back on adopting new ways of working
0: that reminds me of one developer who said uh, that uh, i was sh- showing him the code and uh, from uh, chat gpt he said, "Yeah, it's nice, but you know, it's not uh, formatted the way I have I usually do. So, one of the problems that I will face it in order to read it and validate it, um, it'll take me a lot of time because it's not the way I write code." And uh, that was his reasoning to not use it. I was wondering, you know, um, it, it's probably just a configuration. Maybe in next version or in next few days. You can probably pass it, uh, hey, write the code in this format. You pass it the whole file. That reminds me such a little digression. Uh, You know, uh, When I was uh, in in my previous uh, life, when I was uh, working with a startup in uh, video advertising. So we used to work with a lot of agencies, digital agencies uh, in India. And uh, this was around when iPhone was introduced in India. Yeah. So I was working with the additional agency that was responsible for Nokia. Uh, So um, the iPhone was released and uh, this uh, very senior exec who's responsible, uh, he he had a very happy face and very relaxed. I said, what happened? He said, you know what, Uh, it doesn't have SMS forward. And in India, you know, people, and this is early days, right? When SMS forward was the most normal thing, like you get an SMS, you forward it like crazy, like, like anything, right? Emails, SMS, now WhatsApp, everything people like to forward. It doesn't have a forward. So in India market, if you have a phone, which doesn't have forward, it's going to be, it's failing. So I'm happy, you know, my product will do very good. I asked him, you know, this is a, you know, one software feature update away. Just make a small, uh, you know, update in the software, and it will allow for forwarding. So, are you basing your own whole, you know, uh, response to a competition or saying that it doesn't have SMS forward? And we know what happened to that story as a product-wise. And the kind of rolling back to this, uh, when people come up with these, um, look at these two, three things out of twenty, and because of these problems, I will not adopt it. Others, my friends will not adopt it. They will not adopt it. What I think a lot of people are missing is that those two three point items are probably very easy to fix, um, in in some or maybe even those two three three things will become irrelevant soon. So this I I I I really get your point. Uh, I really appreciate what you're saying that a lot of it is in the mind of people rather than actual capability or lack of capability of a tool.
1: Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, when I moved from the different editors like editor is like a personal thing i'll tell you it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a very personal thing right like people i, I got it,
0: i got addicted to bb edit yeah for some exactly. reason i just do bb editor like my brain doesn't work without it yeah
1: and that's the reason is because um beyond the point all of your workflow gets like muscle memory yeah. So you know how to change tabs, you know how to arrange your text in a certain fashion, the theming and all that stuff. When you go switch from editor to editor, suddenly all your keyboard shortcuts are gone. You are, you are not familiar with this territory. Um, the font looks different. You are, like, your eyes used to go to a certain region and no, all that yeah. stuff. So it, it the curve of adopting different uh, editors is very high.
0: Sorry to interrupt one more digression here. I was reading someone was saying that, uh, you know, once in a while, you should start writing with your left hand. Because now, because if you're a right hander, you start writing with it because it now exercises totally different uh, quote unquote muscles of your brain, the areas of your brain. And that's why you should on regular basis, learn new languages so you know same thing you know the muscle memory and then you know you you, you lose the ability to you know uh, pick up new skills uh, not alexa skills but human skills
1: correct and that's that's actually going to be the biggest challenge in my mind hmm. and if you see chat gpt generative ai copilot ODM, by the way right now there are three big Code editor, like code assistants available. GitHub. Copilot. Yeah. yeah. GitHub Copilot, which is like the most popular one popular. right now. Codium, which is available for free to personal use. Mm-hmm. And it also has a surprisingly fun feature associated with it, is GPT 3.5 embedded in your editor. So you can actually chat. And uh, please don't uh, cancel that feature. Um, but you you can chat about anything not related to only code. You can ask. <laughs> yeah. I asked my my. Man, uh,
0: I, I can imagine some program, manager some <laughs> manager saying like, "We don't want to my my team people would be just you know right, asking." Exactly, it'll be a joke. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what it is it is actually capable of now. And the third one, which is Amazon Code Whisper, which is another one. Uh, There are a few more which are in the making, uh, I haven't tested is um, Repelit Ghostwriter which is Mm -hmm. similar and um, five are around the corner. So I imagine in six months time, majority of programmers will be on some sort of coding coding Mm -hmm. assistant. If they are not, then that means there is something really uh, specific going on with those teams and uh, yeah, we need to figure out why. But it is going to be very common. Yeah.
0: Sajjan, maybe it's a topic for the next one, but I do want to um, discuss uh, the copyright, um, confidentiality of your code, uh, IP protection uh, in in the times of uh, these uh, code assistants. Um, yeah, well, maybe the next yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. We can do that.
1: Um, the biggest challenge in that topic is basically our lack of knowledge.
0: <laughs> None of, of us law. are lawyers, but, uh, you know, we yeah. we worked with enough lawyers to, uh, you know, um, hazard a guess at, uh, you know, w- yeah. But we can, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it.
1: The other aspects which are going to be challenging is Dinkar, um, and I want to address it here, is a lot of people, are wondering whether actually programmers are going to become lazy um, or they are going to become less valuable. Mm-hmm. And um, to which I have only one question to all these people. If you are 90% of your day used to go only in typing code, probably you are done if you are not willing to pick up new skills. But coding is a small portion of your activity. Exactly. A and, exactly. and major, major portion of your activity is, let's say, collaborating, debating about implementation styles, getting something done, uh, innovation. Uh, does,
0: the, does this address the business ask? Uh, exactly. Is, is there something I'm missing? Is it scalable? Is it secure? So so many questions a good developer uh, asks before they say I'm done.
1: Yeah. Yes. And uh, if that is what you do, you know what, what is not typing code, what is not writing documentation, what is not uh, typing test cases, that becomes 10 times more important.
0: Yeah. The and, thinking, uh, the, thinking exactly. the deliberation. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. And so it is better that you start focusing on those skills far more compared to just thinking about, hey, so even in product manager, right? Yeah. What we are thinking is uh, the stories are written. The scope is being done. Research is happening. It knows everything, but Dinkar, you tell me. Even today, there are hundreds of project product managers we have worked with. How many will be able to come up with a very detailed or thorough implementation of a brand new thing? Handful of.
0: uh, let me hazard a yeah. <laughs> response here. <area. laughs> you and I have a job is because the product manager, typical product manager is not able to think of everything. Right? You're right. Yeah. That's why we have. And, a, yeah. yeah. And that that is something which is going to continue. It's, it's
1: not that people don't know. It is also that people are, um, people are not accepting. People see. Their jobs as a string of or a laundry list of tasks or responsibilities, whereas uh, our responsibilities and tasks are merely means to an end to convert into output. But if you think about it, uh, a right? That's why um, they say, right? Is you need to love your job. Once you start loving your job, you never go go to work. Yep. So if people are actually not thinking in terms of activities, but thinking about, um, like some people are passionate about making furniture,
0: Yeah. when
1: they are constantly thinking about innovative ideas, they are not happy with the chair, and then they keep innovating. like, uh, there are like million types of chairs today existing in market, because somebody loves making chairs, Yeah. it's not a business problem, they are trying to solve. Sometimes they're also trying to solve a functional problem is like, these chairs, that chairs, right? So, um, And I see that in some places, things are actually so simple, but people just don't have right mindset to it. So automation can can happen and can automate a lot of things. But if you do rudimentary jobs, you are going to get phased out very fast. Whether it is a programmer or product manager or a QA or a business analyst or even a CEO, but you are doing something which is not rudimentary, which is not very, very mundane related tasks. Those will actually get far more important, so we need to focus on in
0: that. the in the world of LinkedIn. You know, move away from thinking about outputs to thinking about outcomes. Uh, that, yeah. That's the language everyone uses on LinkedIn. So yeah, it, oh, it, in LinkedIn, actually,
1: thing. whatever they write, right, the glorified story. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure you also came across that, right? Is like how people write the same event uh, on WhatsApp, on you know, Facebook, yeah. on. Uh, LinkedIn and some other places, right?
0: They, over the weekend, I saw a video on what's wrong with LinkedIn and how the the their critics of uh, LinkedIn, how people write this, uh, the you know the stuff they write, right? How um, they all have the same tone, they have the same language, you know. It's uh, it's it's very uh, you know. Um, Unnatural, and you know, uh, there are a lot of critics of uh, how people uh, write their updates on LinkedIn, and that made me wonder that you know, a, 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 am I also following those patterns of, you know, how you write? Uh, like, for example, everyone will write, "Excited to be in this event to listen and share my idea," while as to their friend, and they are probably going, oh, "Dude, I'm 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 talking in this event. I'm going to be on the stage. I'm going to talk about it." Right? That that's what they probably talking to their friends, but on LinkedIn, they're saying excited to hear about and excited to, uh, you know, share it's kind of that, uh, that tone uh, that changes with LinkedIn. So, yeah,
1: so. the the question comes is that if you are not talking in the same tone on Facebook versus LinkedIn, do
0: you consider your workplace as your family? I don't know. It depends, right? On uh, Facebook, it depends. <laughs> a lot of people may, a lot of people may want uh, not to have their family on their <laughs> Facebook account. Uh, especially, you know, teenagers. Uh, few years back, uh, hated when their parents joined uh, Facebook, right? So it, uh, I think uh, the, more of the criticism was around, you know, when uh, the the tone starts. Everyone sounds uh, starts sounding like each other. Um, uh, you know th- that's where people uh, worry about it, and that kind of uh, suchin leads back to one of the things that I heard about criticism about generative AI is because uh, that uh, somehow everyone's code will start looking very similar.
1: Uh no no, see, see no. that that you know what uh, I I recently okay let, let me counter that with another stupid argument like that, sure. somebody actually put, um, and the reason why I call it stupid, is <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute, yeah, the yeah, sure. the thing is that somebody put an analysis of how much uh, water is getting, like we are wasting water or water is being used in data centers to support uh, generative AI uh, related activities, like chat GPT and open like AI.
0: cooling for cooling and all. <laughs>
1: Okay. And like nobody actually put that number for Instagram, <laughs> or like mindless watching videos on TikTok. Nobody did that, right? See, when or or are, having
0: or having hundreds of tabs open on your browser,
1: <laughs> right? So the point is. When did you actually read thousand people's code? I'm pretty sure nobody actually. These are all ways of working change arguments. thinker. Mm. if
0: we started addressing each of them, we will actually waste it, time. It, it'll be asymptotic. <laughs> we'll never finish, reach hundred percent done. Right? There will always See, be some. Yeah.
1: I would. I would actually challenge with that response. Is that, okay, so mm. is it achieving? The business outcome? Are you able to book exactly. the tickets? Even if it, let's say hypothetically, I don't know. Because I, I haven't done study that whether today, see, when 100 people, there are like many times I have gone on to Stack Workflow, you know what, which code snippet I pick, which has the maximum upwards? That means <laughs> <if>
0: anybody <laughs> already you know, Stack Overflow has already ensured that ninety percent of the code is uh, same similar, anyway. right? So I have actually picked it up and then I took it there. So yeah. what are
1: you arguing about? Like, and even if it is true, let's say that's everybody's code. First of all, it doesn't happen, but let's say it happens. Yeah. So how uh, does it matter? Yeah. But these are all symptoms of people reluctant resistance.
0: Resistance to this, Sachin. There's one more. uh, You know, uh, I've heard from developers is that um, you can you cannot assume that the code that has been generated is correct. So we need to review it, uh, right? And um, now I've heard this hypothesis from others, and I know you also talk about it. So the Programmer, the people who will thrive in this world are people who have a lot of programming experience because, you know, they can review codes, code reviewers uh, who have that kind of practice and those muscles will be very productive because they're seeing something, they're reviewing something, they're moving fast. Or people who have very good uh, prompt skills, product managers, BAs, now they've become developers and they will partner with someone. So, So now... In the new world, you got uh, programmers with a lot of experience or post-technical developers also thriving a lot. But in order for a fresher to reach that stage, you know they they may not have that opportunity uh, because uh, the 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 work that they were doing, which was giving that experience, has now been automated. Um, have you heard of this uh, argument, uh, Have what are your thoughts about this affecting the world of uh, development?
1: You're right. Uh, I, I did say that, and I still stand by that opinion, is the, the skill of uh, ability to review code fast and identify nuances of it is, is going to be important. Um, for young developers who have actually not gone through that, it is going to be a challenge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, Dinkar, um, there are two things which are on their side. And I, I see there are two ways in which this problem can be solved. One is tooling. Hmm. You could actually develop a sophisticated tooling around this generation, and you can quickly highlight the mistakes of the code itself using generative AI. Simply, yeah. right? You generate code, and it says this is not something which is my machine. right. It's like our uh, like um, if you think about so along brain, with right? all the
0: static code analysis tool, there is now one more uh, analysis tool in our uh, tool. yeah,
1: why not right? Yeah. And the second one is basically um, the young chaps who, who are actually going through now schooling or college and they are learning to program. This is the only way they will know. Hmm. It is like, my daughter does not know how to like dial the number using rotary phone. Yeah, And that never stopped her to like talk to people. Call also. someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so, they, may not, you know, they
0: may not have learned the patience of, you know, dialing 10 digit. Forget about that.
1: Dinkar, first time ever in my life, I picked up a cell phone in my hand, and somebody told me you have to press the button on. Okay, Uh, so not on. Uh, You have to just like dial the number. It was not habit for me. I was searching for dial tone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's right. (laughs) And lot many times people used to put it face down. (laughs) So many times my mom and in fact probably I have also done it. Put yeah. the cell phone face down, so it, it'll get yeah. disconnected. Correct. So <laughs> see, these are the things which are skills which we
1: need to get rid of. Yeah. So and uh, you will uh, and these kids did never listen to dial tone, so that is not a skill which they know. Yeah. How to listen to dial tone, right? So they will get into this augmented coding capability fast. Yeah. And we so uh, will have
0: those. Books right? handbooks, uh, learn Java, and they used to have a lot of codes in it. Now that book has become probably a generative AI tool like ChatGPT, where you'll say, how do I write this function? And they type this function, you copy, you try it, and then you tweak it, you learn something. We used to do that with the books. We used to type that piece of code. Now probably it's being generated and it's easy to copy-paste. Books used to come with CDs.
1: Yeah, and then I know that we have uh, ran over time, but Dhingar, One another thing is that you have a daughter and I have a daughter. Uh, yesterday, uh, as it happens, Sal Khan from Khan Academy gave a TED talk and he showed uh, uh, a new chat uh, assistant for students who is actually AI-based assistant. And you know what he claimed? He, he claimed a research from I think 90s about with, If you give each student, personal assistant, personal coach, tutor, he used the word tutor, the average intelligence of these kids will go up by two sigmas in a bell curve. Wow. Yeah. And what he was demonstrating was amazing is that how you can actually uh, like keep di- having a dialogue with the tutor in the context of a problem. And this is going to be on Khan Academy. I am just feeling that if my daughter is learning and using this assistant from her 10 years age, mm. just imagine, they will they will never have this problem because they have been used to yeah. work with these tools for so long.
0: Sachin, you won't believe my eight year old, uh, how she interacts with ChatGPT. it's just, I'm thinking prompt, I'm thinking set up the background, I'm thinking this and that. She she has been using Siri and Alexa. And Mm. for her, this interface is very natural. And, uh, you know, the it's, uh, it's almost, you know, you know, it's for her and I'm, I'm the dinosaur who has to learn new skill and but they're just catching up on it you know, yeah. people have been talking to uh, Siri to do uh, you know random stuff and our <laughs> latest thing is trying you know trying those hacks where you ask Siri and Alexa to talk to each other right i think they have uh, siri and alexa have done something uh, to their algorithm they figure out that someone is trying to put us into an endless loop of talking to each other they now quickly back off when they detect uh, something like that is happening but you know that's the interface kids um, you're up. right
1: yeah so, uh, so the, uh, to sum up, I would say um, the story continues from product management to engineering. There are like a lot of tools available. There are a lot of uh, uh, things to activities to automate. Uh, but I would request all these engineers to start thinking about skills which are not today augmented mm-hmm. and then focus on those skills far more than the skills which are um, like easily augmented today.
0: And start can you bring back tools? your graphic? Can you bring back your graphic? Sure. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, uh, the automated automation potential is definitely automation using uh, generative AI tools. And um, essentially what you're saying is that uh, requirements is an area where there's a lot of uh, uh, you know, um, assistance that can be drawn. A kind of little less analysis, a lot of human intelligence questions, uh, five while, a lot of question to be thought of angles and so probably drops their development, really, you know, um, shoots up a lot because uh, you know the coding or the manual part of it is taken care of and rest is those intelligence and uh, understanding thing. Similar with the testing also and you and I, have uh maybe at some point we should introduce it to everyone we're working on a uh um, asset uh, within thoughtworks where we're trying to use uh, this testing uh through uh, generative ai and other uh, ai tools. Yeah. and then the deployment goes down because deployment is again uh, you know um
1: yeah, anyway, the modern exactly. deployment is very much uh, uh, anyway, code driven. Yeah, yeah, or packaged. Uh, yeah. So you need to develop only once, and after that, it just works. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's not very, uh, it doesn't change with every story. So this is great, uh, Sachin. I think uh, we digressed a lot, we covered a lot mm-hmm. of spaces, but I think it was very important to um, discuss things we are hearing from other developers and uh, it. And I think the 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 summary is uh, this is uh, a paradigm shift
1: that we're yes. living
0: through. It's a pivotal moment that we're living through. Uh, things are going to change, and uh, we should be. Uh, self um, we should observe ourselves where, where our reactions are uh, resistance to change, resistance to new ways of working is a great opportunity for us to learn a lot of new things, start writing with left hand and develop new uh, sort of uh, you know uh, thinking capabilities. and uh, there's no there's not end of the world. Uh, new skills will be needed, new skills will be adapt uh, learned. And uh, the next generation will do something much more f- better than what we have done. They'll create something more uh, awesome than uh, what we have created. And uh, as I say, like no one is losing jobs, uh, but people have to study more. Yeah, uh,
1: people will lose jobs if they don't study. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is true anyway, especially if you're a doctor or those kind of profession, right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. right? Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you, Dinkar.
0: Take care. Bye-bye.